Hey, hey, it's your girl, Sin, a.k.a. She is New Day. Today, I just thank you for joining Cannabis and Chardonnay. You know what to do. Roll up your joint, pour your favorite glass, because we're going to get into it. Um, we're going to talk about predictive programming. We're going to talk about life imitating art and the art imitating life. And, of course, I'm going to do that with my favorite people. And I got... Hey, what's up? Yes, I got my boy Stylus in the building. Stylus. Yo, yo, yo. yo. <laughs> How can the people find your brother? TwoStylus.com. T-O-S-T-Y-L-I-S. Yes, and I got the creative bully in the building. Creative. Hey, hey, what up, what up? Hit me up at Creative Bully on Instagram and Creative Bully Media on Instagram. IGTV about to be crazy. That's all okay, I got. Then. <laughs> and we got my girl outrageous, truly outrageous, thoughts and questions in the building. Outrageous. No. Okay. <laughs> outrageous thoughts and questions. You can find me on Facebook at Dorothy Watley or Dorothy at Petty Politics, outrageous thoughts and questions.com. And I'm always talking shit. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey. And then today we have a very special guest joining us. We have another opinion, another male energy, because you know what? I think that more men need to be more vocal about what they think about what's going on in the world. And so I was more than happy to have our next guest, Mr. Craig Davis, is with us today. Craig, say something to the people. God bless all. God bless all, man. It's good to be here. I was looking forward to doing this. So I can't wait. Um, I'm Chuck Spears on Instagram or Chuck Nathaniel on Twitter if you want to follow up. Um, let's get into it. Let's have a good time, a good conversation. Yes, yes, let's because, you know, I'm a kind of a, of, a, of a nerd and occasionally I like to call myself a bit of a conspiracy theorist. And my cool stylist would say, you're not a conspiracy theorist. There is no more conspiracy. A bit of. <laughs> a bit of. Okay, so I just believe in questioning everything like everything right yeah, and so it's like is it me or is life starting to imitate art you know like all the things that's going on in the world right now like from the suicides to the murders to the racial conflicts to the injustice within the police force um to you know the barbecue becky <laughs> the uh, permit pack and the dude who i don't even remember what his was but it was like park joe or joe park or something like that i don't know with all of these things that are going on, I can't help but think that we're living in like this fabricated world. We have an ideology of what it should be, what it is, but it's kind of like, what the fuck is going on? I feel like I'm living a movie. So many times we're experiencing these shootings or anything that's kind of out of the ordinary um, that we would only see in a movie. So I can't help but ask myself, like, why is all of these things happening? You know what I mean? Why are we living in a world where shootings are happening and it feels surreal, but we've been watching movies for decades that perpetuate violence, right? So is it me or is life starting to imitate art? In times past, it was different. People were living and creating art, but now people are consumed with the media, they're consumed with materialism and social media. Time's changing. It's basically changing how we interact with life, how we interact with people. Um, it's changing our imagination and, and so much more. And so in doing my research, I found a quote from Oscar Wilde. He said, life imitates art more than art imitates life. How do y'all feel about that? What do you think about what, what's going on? Like, are we fucking living in a movie? Like, what's going on? Now again, remember all these movies we were watching 
years ago as yep. kids. Well, I don't know how old everyone else is. I'm kind of old. We're all <laughs> we're all around the same age. Everybody's between. 33 at least and 35 36 so we're all the same age okay okay so remember watching these movies as kids where all these things were happening and you know even daddy used to say this shit's gonna really happen yep what look at this shit they can't think of this shit and just they didn't make this shit up look at this shit you think yep. about it now look at um all the movies leading up to now, even 9-11, there was a movie about that shit. Mm-hmm. This wasn't 9-11. You see what I'm saying? And, and then the shit in the water, the tsunamis, the Hunger Games. You, you, I know it's... <laughs> just look at the Hunger Games, right? Yeah. And how they're controlling the environment and the atmosphere and they're giving them sicknesses and they're giving them diseases and they've got all this crazy shit going on. Imagine that. Like them being able to control your environment and every single thing around you, including the fucking weather. Yeah. So that they can dictate how and what you do. Yes. It's been going on for a very long time. So not even in the now, we're noticing it, noticing it now because we're, we're in it. Mm -hmm. But we didn't have that to think about then. It was the, the, the least of our worries then. So that would have been something that those people were thinking about then, older, like this shit's happening right now. You, you see, um, look at Haiti. Yep. We watched a movie. Oh well, let's, let's get into it, because I do have a clip. I did do my research, and I have something that says the 10 fascinating cases of life imitating art. And this tells us about every movie that's come out over time. Shout out to top 10 fascinating cases of life imitating art on YouTube, the real life Walter White. Let's check him out. Top 10 fascinating cases of life imitating art. Number 10, ankle bracelets were invented in a Spider-Man comic. Electronic ankle bracelets have been used by law enforcement for a few decades now, helping the authorities keep track of parolees and limiting them to certain areas to try to keep them in check. These bracelets were first used in 1983 when a judge in New Mexico apparently spent his time between sentencing criminals to hard time reading comic books. He was flipping through an issue of Spongy and saw a plot involving a criminal avoiding jail by agreeing to wear electronic monitoring. Of course, if this whole thing just makes us upset, but of all the cool technology in comic books, that's the one they actually make a reality. Number 9. Tiger and Evans sang about testy babies before they existed. Chances are you've heard of the famous song in the year 2020 by the musical duo Zager and Evans, even if you have never heard their actual names. The rockers from Nebraska penned this fable to warn us all how over-reliance on technology would lead to the destruction of man and references the creation of life in devices like test tubes. This song was written in 1964 and released in 1968. What's so special about that, you ask? Well, how about the fact that the world's first test tube baby was not born until 1978? Number 8. A Chinese man imitated a Johnny Cash song. There's a Johnny Cash song called One Piece at a Time that tells the story of a man who worked in a car factory, laboring day after day to produce cars he could never actually afford himself. So he concocts a plan to sneak his own car out of the factory, one piece at a time, and construct it on his own at home. In 2003, something almost identical happened in China. That's when a man named Zhang, who worked on a motorcycle assembly line, spent five years doing exactly what the hero of Cash's song attempted. He actually might have gotten away with it. 
except for the fact that he was pulled over by the police shortly after finishing the bike and was cited for not having a license. Number seven, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle became Sherlock Holmes. Holmes, of course, was created by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and has endured over the centuries thanks to some unique traits and quirks. There's simply never been anyone better than Sherlock Holmes. Well, except for Sir Arthur Conan Doyle himself. You see, after creating Holmes, the author actually played a pivotal role in proving the innocence of two men. Number six, the movie Be Cool was a bad sequel about a bad sequel. The movie Get Shorty was the story of a loan shark named Chili Palmer who goes to Hollywood to collect a vig from Gene Hackman's movie producer character. Along the way, he somehow manages to sell his own story as a movie and becomes a producer himself. The movie was popular enough to generate a sequel which was called Be Cool and centered on Palmer, now a Hollywood big shot, watching as a sequel was made to his own film. The film within the film in Be Cool was a crappy cash grab that tried to capitalize on the success of the first, which should sound familiar since that's exactly what Be Cool ended up being. Number five, the British show House of Cards predicted the fall of Margaret Thatcher. You've probably heard of the show, House of Cards, a Netflix exclusive starring Kevin Spacey set in the world of American politics. It's based on a British show of the same name, which was based on a novel that was released in 1989. The original show and novel follow politics in England after the fall from power of Margaret Thatcher. And yes, Margaret Thatcher really did resign from office in real life. However, that was not until a year after the novel was released, and shortly after the BBC miniseries was first broadcast. Number four, the ending to the movie K-9 happened two years later. 1989 was apparently the year when Hollywood decided that the buddy cop movie needed to be reinvented, and one of the buddies had to be a dog. That's the year both Turner and Hooch and K-9 hit theatres. At the end of the film, the dog is shot and killed during the course of the investigation. Somehow, this downer of an ending actually spawned two sequels. Much more tragic than those sequels existing was the fate of K-9's inspiration, a real-life Kansas City police dog named Coton. Two years after the film debuted, Coton met his end in the exact same manner as his on-screen alter ego, being shot and killed during the investigation of an attempted murder. Number three, Russell Crowe was targeted for kidnapping while promoting Proof of Life. In the year 2000, Russell Crowe starred in the film Proof of Life about a high-profile kidnapping case with Crowe at the centre of it all. Of course, Crowe is more of an expert in kidnapping than he'd probably like to be in real life too, that's because, at the same time as he was promoting proof of life, it was revealed that Crow himself was the target of a kidnapping plot. Number two, Robocop 2 predicted the bankruptcy of Detroit. The plot involves a not-so-distant future version of Detroit, in which the city declares bankruptcy and has contracted out many of the city's services to private firms. Skip ahead in time and the movie suddenly looks a lot more prescient. After falling billions of dollars into debt, the city of Detroit was actually forced to declare bankruptcy, mirroring the events of the film. And, like in the film, some of the city's services have in fact been contracted out to private businesses. Number one, there's really a meth kingpin named Walter White. In case you've been living under a rock since 2008, the television show Breaking Bad is about a mild-mannered man named Walter White who becomes a meth cook and ultimately drug kingpin after being diagnosed with cancer. In 2008, right around the same time Breaking Bad premiered, a real-life meth cook named Walter White was convicted in Alabama. In 2012, he actually made the Tuscaloosa Sheriff's Office most wanted list after skipping out on a court date and was recently arrested. So people, creative, how do you feel about what you just saw? So, well, I kind of feel like, let's say we already reached max capacity of technology and all that, and they have meetings for when they're going to release each thing. 
they do. It's called Bilderberg. Yeah, so like all this stuff, like they show it to us in movies, so we won't be shocked when we see it again. So all this stuff is already predetermined and yes. talked about when the release. So they got us ready for it. That's what the TV does. Yeah. Television, With everything. Programming. Television. TV abomination. TV is a total abomination. It teaches you all the wrong things. Mm. Because they're promoting all the wrong things on TV. But why? They promote war. They promote yep. drugs. Yep. They promote sex. They promote homosexuality. They sure. promote uh, gang banging. They promote they promote violence in, on all levels. Mm -hmm. But it sounds like a bunch of they promote what happens in real life. Exactly. They're promoting what happens in real life, and they're also making fictional movies about what's going on in real life. And they put these things out for your kids to watch. Because it starts with who watches TV more than you. You're at work. That's so, right. You know what? I don't. I don't have cable in my house. I haven't had it for years since I had, you know, my other means of getting my, you know, entertainment. But I feel like there's a connection to people who are constantly letting it flow through their homes in comparison to, you know, what I found in my more so freedom. But at the end of the day, you know, I do think they overemphasize some things uh, to, to force it into the minds like it's normal. And, you know, I try to protect my kids from all of that because I don't want them thinking things that are abnormal are actually in fact normal you know what i mean and they i feel like they want you to push your kids into society telling them that they have to accept these things that are completely wrong when they don't and they shouldn't no you don't have to think that it's okay to see um little boys running through your school death dropping because it's not yeah, no sure. it's not okay to have them stop school for two hours because someone found a shell casing on the ground these are not, and these are regular things to them because they saw it on TV. And it shouldn't be regular to them. They the regular life was worse where I was growing up. Ain't nobody shoot up the school, but there was guns in the school. You yeah, there's I mean? all like, of these was, things, but, it's, it's, they, but they're watching it first. The first after school yeah. special, I saw a little boy brought a gun to school. The next one I saw, a girl got raped at prom. You know, they, these are things that they're yeah. showing them and they're, they're saying we have to get them ready for. You don't got to get a kid. You're not supposed to be preparing exactly. your kids exactly. for gun battle. You're exactly. not supposed to be preparing your daughter to get raped at her prom. You're not supposed to be preparing your daughter to walk around with mace because if she's getting into her vehicle, somebody might attack her. But she can't jump. These are not things that you should be getting prepared for in life. But these are the things that they're introducing to them and... and and telling them that they need to be aware of when it those shouldn't be the things. Yes, those that is life and, and it is, but those shouldn't be the things. And I mean anything that's wrong, because I I know this is not a I just go back to this all the time because everyone goes into God and what's godly and what's in the Bible and what they preach. And if that's the case, everything that they're showing us is bad. Everything that they're fighting for rights for is bad. If freedom of speech is like the only good thing there is. Of all However, the that's, they're taking that away from us. I hate to cut you off, but I have to address that. They're, they're taking freedom of speech away from us. They're policing. Yeah, because you can't speak against things that are wrong. Because 
I wonder, like, you know, didn't we see all these same messages, but is the entertainment content more raw or is the artistic aspect of it more in depth now? Because we were seeing episodes like uh, on Family Matters or on uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air or on Martin where they were dealing with real issues or issues similar to these. But I don't think that the ability to portray such an in-depth touching picture was where people were at. I mean, like, we're now artistically able to go so deep and do so much and touch such a specific point in a person's heart or whatever the case may have you. But I also grew up watching Married with Children. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I feel like we're we're becoming very sensitive, but at the same time, in this in this conflict between being uh, sensitive versus being overly, you know, uh, uh, adult, you know, where do we stand at? And I'm like, you know, I can't. Where, we can where, okay, where do we draw the line at? What's art? If art is imitating life, where do we draw the line of what is art? Is death really art? No, is it's not. Art? Is there art in death? I don't believe. Sometimes, yes. I believe art and death is in if someone painted the picture of a scene, then there's art and death. I don't believe that there's art and killing a million people, wiping out no a whole way. city. Not at all. No, not, that's a massacre. That's a freaking yeah. massacre. Okay, I don't wait, wait, wait. That's art imitating life. So my question is, where do we draw the line? What is art? So is art not the imagination's range. Mm. Or is art what we depict in manifestation on canvas? We all started a blank slate. We all started. I knew you. I knew. I knew it would be you. Let him go. Let him, I want to hear what you got to say. What you got to say, Sai? I don't like to talk too much, but when I do talk, I'm just like, thank you for letting me express. Um, I'm an artist. Like, mm -hmm. Naturally, like from a child, I, I drew. I was artistically gifted, and my gifts led me multiple accolades. Um, I was identified in fine arts, uh, so I, I I got to see life for what it was without inserting myself in the world. So, from an artist's perspective, I'm saying art is it's part what we imagine, but then it's also part what we see. And in order for us to imagine, we have to see. And I think at this point, based upon the television, like you guys discussed, uh, based upon the programming, based upon the people who are writing the stories or giving authorization to what we're watching, are the people who, in for lack of a better terminology or saying, they're business people. They don't care about the art, they care about the number. They've created a system already. Remember in the Matrix, the buildings where you have to go to the lobby and then there's a security guard? Those buildings exist. And I believe, you know, along with the artist who sees and paints what I like to say, like call muted uh, pictures, now they have music to go along with it. And most of the buildings I've been in with, apart from the, you know, Fortune 500s and stuff like that, are these music companies. And even okay. jailhouse. And, and not, not to cut you, but to cut yeah. you. Yeah. Art, <laughs> don't cut me, though. I don't want to bleed. Cut you, but to cut you, art and music. Okay? And these are the things that you're hearing. People expressing themselves. This is their art, their artistry, right? What the fuck is mumble rap? Okay, so isn't that where the line is? Like where the artist 
is on one side and then the businessman is on the other side is that not the line right there the crossroads is that not the crossroad because on one hand is the not is the art is the art not having more range when there's no business person stepping in or is the business having more range when they overshadow the artist you understand because they want to get the most gain but is it not the best art and then from that relationship what do we have that's where we at right now is we have these children who have the art and the business in their hand and they control their art, but they also control their business. So yeah. what monster have we created? Because they're putting out art that is sometimes dangerous. Well, I, or I, even potentially lacking content if they're strong in the business. There's, there's gatekeepers to the industry. Mm-hmm. When you think music, think frequency. When you think frequency, think soul. Frequency is actually, do you know what frequency is? The spectrum, right? So light is the highest frequency, which allows us to see. Sound is a lower frequency than light, which allows us to hear. And then we have lower frequencies that vibrate, that allow us to feel. And those feelings allow us to discern things that activate our senses to use our sight, sound, taste, touch, you know, hear. However, there's, there's within frequency, there's low frequencies that are actually good, but then there's also high frequencies that are bad. Mm-hmm. And, and most people nowadays, you know, EDM, all that stuff is a high yeah. frequency. That, that's not good for the, the brain. Or because, the body, potentially, yeah. Or, or, or the body, because it manipulates you sonically. Mm-hmm. because it takes everything away like what what you're going through with with low frequency you're relaxed mm-hmm. you think but i think it's more so not that it's the music in or art i think it's the intention behind things and when we think of life and even like asking what is art was a great question i think when we address that and your explanation being art is a, uh, our expression of of life and how we see it and how we feel it um, we've talked about influence in the past. We've talked about people having a sense of accountability in one area and understanding how and why things work and having the ability to add to the destruction or add to the salvation of humanity. And that's through the message. Exactly. And I think we, like entertainment, we have to think about what the word entertainment means, right? I think we're mistaking art for entertainment because art and entertainment are two different things. If, mm. art, if art is the expression of life, you know, entertainment, the exact definition of entertainment is being detained for something to enter in. Wow. That's the definition of entertainment. Art is an expression of people's experiences in life. Or it's, imagination. Exactly, which is an experience. You see something and you're able to articulate that. That's why we revere artist, artists in this world because Everyone is an artist, even business people, anyone that has gifts and talent and they're able to manifest it, whether it's monetized or celebrated by the world or not, they are an artist. Why? Because they're Mm -hmm. able to create something out of nothing. And people Mm -hmm. create something out of nothing every day, whether that's getting to work when you don't know how you're going to get to work, but your faith produces a way. Or Mm -hmm. if that's your business person, and you have employees, you're now responsible for the other lives that work beneath you, and you have to now display a certain level of 
behavior so that you all can continue to progress. That is creativity. That is art, knowing how to work with other personalities. So we're all artists in our own right, right? But okay. as it becomes monetized, it becomes entertainment, right? The crossroads. And there are two forms of entertainment. There's entertainment that can edify us, and there's entertainment that will destroy us. Aristotle said that music can either defile you or progress you forward. So be careful the type of music that you listen to because you'll become that because of the influence that music carries. And we've talked about influence on the show. Just last week, we talked about influence being a spirit, a noun. And that being acknowledged, when we're being entertained, we have to understand that entertainment stopped a long time ago when capitalism became prevalent and when... That's when, yeah. Yeah, when... They They took over the art. Because they saw they could cash out. When corporate America met art, but even, not even America, because I know in England, you know, we watch all these different old movies and stuff about Mary Internet and all these different figures in society and, and what they went through. And I remember watching Mary Internet and she was famous, but she was broke. And the only reason why she was famous is she was famous for being actually a gold digger, right? But her father was like this dope artist, right? And only royalty knew the work of that artist because royalty would hire him, but they never paid him his worth while he was alive. Mm. But they knew the power of his art and what it depicted. And so her father had become revered and then he died. And so she became like this orphan kid, but she grew up to be this woman of culture because she, she knew how to open a book, read a book, and she was charismatic. Mm. Having charisma helped her right to know fine art to understand human behavior because that's all art is about human behavior and we have a society where everything is scientific and i can say that because i work in marketing as a professional i work in production and entertainment um and we always look at the scientific method to get someone's attention because we want eyeballs which indicate attention attention provokes people to to action right so we okay. want your attention so that we provoke your, your action. And we're going to give you a call to action. We're going to tell you what we want from you. So it's like, now that I have your attention, this is what I want. And you have the ability to say yes or no. But your ability to say yes or no is all contingent upon how I present it to you. And how I present it to you is all based on my agenda. And, and that's where you get entertainment. Because people are now like, okay, entertain me. Make me want to buy this. Make me want right. And they're not looking at the factual shit. Do I need this? Do yeah. I want this? Wait, wait. Okay. okay, okay. So that's a manipulation for the potential agenda, right? That's productive programming, boo. I got, I got a couple of questions. So one of the questions, because of what you were saying before was, you said anyone can be an artist, you know, if you, it, it, with anything you do, right? You were saying that. So my question is, can we apply our artistic mind to any of our tasks? Because I've at times... I've at times been swept up in that feeling and been whipping when I'm just doing a dish or whipping when I'm performing any particular in traffic. Like you said before, am I not applying my artistic when I'm like, oh, if I bust this move and this move, I'll get to this place through this traffic and busting it down. But then now math is coming into play because I'm calculating routes, et cetera, et cetera. But it's finesse. I think the art is the finesse of the execution. And the finesse, and the finesse is the instincts. Because okay. everything you're talking about is something that a person feels instinctually to make a choice on how and why they're going to do something. So but you can apply the artistic what to that, right? What'd you what say? They know, what they know you're going to grab 
if you yeah. hear it, what they know you're going to grab. If you see, you look at a commercial or they, they have the preview of a show that's coming on and you're like, oh, I need to see that. Mm -hmm. Oh, that, that one little piece of it. And they knew that when they put it together, you know, you edit. Yeah. You produce and you edit. So, you know, when they're putting it together, this is the piece that's going to catch their eye. All yes. right. And they're going to think they take bits and pieces. They throw them here. They throw them there. You want to know what's going on. Mm -hmm. You want to know why they said that. You want to know why they're doing that. Oh, it was dark right there. What, oh, what happened? Mm -hmm. So these are all things they're doing and getting you ready. That's how they're entertaining you. But my question to that is, is that healthy? Is that okay? Are these things that we find entertaining okay? Well, there's an answer to that because when, when dealing with predictive programming, we have to understand it goes back to intention, the person who's in control, what are they intending for us to perceive? I found this great video on YouTube. We have a thousand channels. No, I'm just saying. I, <laughs> I don't know how Cable I gives us a thousand channels of nothing. No, y'all know how I feel about the internet. I, I have to skip this. People ad. like options. People don't want to right. eat roast beef for the, their entire life. So let's listen. So <laughs> I got to give a shout out to Woodward TV. This is what you need to know about predictive programming people. Okay, this is what we need to know. Because in order to understand it, what they're doing, we have to understand what it is. Kaleidoscope. How many of you can accurately predict the future? How many of you think that you have the knowledge and ability to expose those predictions to the public on a mass scale? How would you do that? Would you write a book? Would you write a song? Would you paint your predictions? Make a movie, a television series. I got it, a video game, right? But what would be the intent of doing this? Would this be a way to warn people about things to come? To desensitize them to the stresses of incoming events? To give those who are awake an edge in the real world? Or is it intended to normalize evil? To get people used to immorality? to accept defilement and embrace the darkness. So I wanna talk about this because predictive programming seems to be a topic that keeps popping up and with all the clutter, the things that are being presented to you may seem quite confusing, but we're going to try and straighten that up right now. The minutia of every single piece of media that is put out one would be a fool to ignore it all. So, how do we discern the difference between good old-fashioned entertainment and what people label as predictive programming? Because some things are not always what they seem to be. Now, I want to define three terms that I believe should be understood when it comes to this subject. Number one, predictive programming, although it has no official definition, it is a term used to describe reoccurring elements intentionally placed in media as a reference to a future event, usually tragic events. These are subtle references that are intended to subliminally desensitize you so that when the event occurs, your reaction is passive. For example, references to 9-11. If there is any movie, TV show, music out there that has predictive programming in reference to 9-11, prior to 9-11,
then that idea didn't work at all. It didn't stop 9-11. No one would have been able to recognize the warning and it sure didn't sweeten the blow. The only thing that anyone can get from those references today is that perhaps it was a planned event, not a predicted one. And you still have to consider the possibility of coincidence in the equation. Also keep in mind that many artists, producers, creators, they tend to model their work after others, which is why we see many themes repeated. Now a psychological operation or PSYOP is somewhat different. It's interesting because the U.S. Army provides an overview for the job of a psychological operations specialist. As a member of the Army Special Operations Community, the psychological operations specialist is primarily responsible for the analysis, development, and distribution of intelligence used for information and psychological effect. It goes on to state under future careers, the training you receive may prepare you for other fields, such as public relations, sales, marketing, and advertising. Wikipedia has their own definition of this, and it is written that the purpose of psychological operations executed by the US military is to induce or reinforce behavior favorable to US objectives. So what this really is, is a tactic to communicate selected information in order to influence an audience toward a desired reaction or behavior. And we see this all the time. For example, you want to get people to donate to sick, hungry children, you show them sick, hungry children. You want to get people to stop smoking, you show them people in the hospital, broken down, falling apart. Don't worry, I'll spare you that imagery. Now, there is one more term that is not used that often, and I think this is what some people mean when they discuss predictive programming, and that is the drip effect. Unlike predictive programming, the drip effect does not prepare you for an event. It is designed to mold one's character. In the Oxford Reference Library, the drip effect is defined as, in theories of media effects, the notion that the mass media contribute towards gradual changes in the long term either in individual attitudes or behavior, example among heavy viewers of television, or in the form of social changes alongside other social forces. I mean, this is really what we're talking about here, folks. Long-term effects, right? You see, it's one thing to have satanic imagery in a music video. It's another thing to have that theme repeated over and over in a very short period of time. So make no mistake, folks, these methods are real. This stuff is out there. Mainstream news uses these techniques most effectively. The trouble I think people are experiencing is trying to interpret if the messages dripped into mass media are intended to simply help us or hurt us. How do y'all feel about that? Is, uh, isn't it our fault, though, that we continue to promote and push and share these images and follow these, buy the newest TVs and all that. And we, we see ourselves in debt. We see our life not the way we want it to be, but we still continue to truck, truck on and say, I guess this is life. And Slavery was a choice. <laughs> yes. Sorry about that. 
minor Tourette's. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. We do support the bullshit. We perpetuate it. That's why we have world stars. We have mm -hmm. all those things. Um, but I think to what he's saying is like how much of it is entertainment and how much of it is like what the fuck is what? Like we need to be more discerning about what we allow ourselves. That was a big word. What? Discernment. Oh. Discernment. Do you know what that means? <laughs> Break it down. The word discernment, the definition of the word discernment is the ability to know right from wrong internally, instinctually. And we talk about the Bible a lot on the show. And in the Bible, when God speaks of discernment, he says in the Romans chapter one, that he's given every person, every human being on the planet, an innate ability to discern his existence and his decrees, which means we, I'm looking out my window right now off my balcony and I see two different, actually three different species of plants outside of my window. That's just three different species of plants. My inner spirit says, dude, who put that there? What put that there? How did it grow? How does it grow? Then we start to get into photosynthesis and we start to get into wow. the different atmospheres. There are 12. There's the atmosphere, the atmospause, the stratosphere, the stratospause, the troposphere, the tropospause. Should I continue to go on? We have all these multiple levels, AKA the heavens, that our eyes can see and perceive the oxygen that we can feel in any atmosphere and even being underwater, we can still take that, manipulate it enough according to our lung capacity to fucking exist. I don't have to be convinced that there's a creator. I don't have to be, I don't have to be convinced of that. Is discernment a frequency? Absolutely. You want to know why? Because God is a frequency. God is light. He always says that. God says he's light. Light is the highest frequency. The ability to see things. God also says that those who know me will hear me. That's the frequency of sound. Boy. And even Satan, who owns the frequency of sound because he was created as sound, he still has to get permission to disperse waves. Exists. He still has to get permission to do that. So, yes, vibrations are very, very real. And that's why these cell phone towers that are everywhere and they're being hidden like they were making all of these creative ways to show these cell phone towers, right? Or to hide them, shall I say. And they're disrupting people. They have different elements. All of these tall buildings that are paying reverence to Nimrod's penis, like church steeples and such. I remember that, yeah. I remember reading about that, yeah. Wait. Those materials that those things are Don't made with. cell phones. Yes, I just talked about the cell phone towers. No, but cell phones. Oh, well, yes, actual too. cell phones so, that are yeah. 3 and 4G are baking our eternal organs All because of the frequencies that are attracted to cell them. phones. Yes. And so you shouldn't have them by your internal organs. Some women put it in their bra. I'm bad for putting it on my lap when I'm watching TV. My significant other always tells me to take it off my lap. He gets very upset about that. So I'm very, very clear about the different destructive things that are out there. You know what I mean? But I said all that to say, Predictive programming is really real. And I want us to ask some questions as to 
why are they trying to program us? Like, has anybody asked that question? Like, how do you intention, intention, intention? I know, but I mean, outrageous. What do you think? Why do you think they're trying to program us? Like, why is it so important to, to them to pay millions of dollars to keep us entertained on television and to occupy us? Like you said, what the fuck is mumble rap? Like, we have all of these forms of things. Like, why? Why? What you think, girl? <laughs> That's the control. Mm. That's the control part of it. And you know what happens with all things bad? People start to die. You, you, you see, right now, you see they have a whole war going on between different rappers. Yeah, the whole XXX tension, RIP. Yeah, okay, yeah. so, and feeling like they, they made that happen. Someone made, you know what I mean? They, that was all intended. People dying, sickness is all a part of population control. Ding, 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 ding. A major world agenda. I'm glad you t touched on that. Continue. And that's pop. Real <laughs> stuff. <laughs> and they want, and instead of them just coming in and having like a whole holocaust, they're having us kill each other. Mm. Or they're having us get each other sick. Because then you get sick through sex. So you're getting sick through love. You love somebody, you sleep with them, or they're lusting someone else, so you're gonna die that way. Uh, they tell you to get vaccinated, vaccinate your kids for these things that eventually their body gets so used to it that when they get a, a really bad strand of it, they just die. Whole cases of it, and then they name it some shit. Uh. And say it came from that. You know, it's, it's all a part of that, that's the control. And when these things happen, you can't picture it happening in real life. Yeah. You watched it in the Spielberg flick. That didn't happen. There's no way that shit could really happen. They got all of this stuff so that they can make sure it doesn't. Mm. This wouldn't happen here. But we wouldn't see these things. These are things that they want us to think are there. But as soon as someone tells us, they die. Man. Woo. Oh, we have a, a Space Force now. As of last week. Yeah, I remember that. Who has something to gain from population control? The government. Shaitan. I'm glad that you said that. Shaitan. So I'm a Christian woman. Heart and heart. I'll be honest. Jesus, you my dude. I'm never going to deny you. But I'm also a student in life. And I recognize the spirit of truth. And... I have a lot of friends that are Muslim that study Islam, not nation of Islam per se, but Islam. And I've respected their religion and their culture enough to study it for myself. And saying that the reason why we say shaitan is because we've been listening to a lot of Muslim Islamic teachings from Islamic preachers. You know how they have like Christian preachers? They have mm -hmm. Islamic ones too who give- They're called imams. Yes, exactly. And they teach the Quran and they speak on things and we've been listening to them as well just like I've listened to Jewish teachings just like I've listened to Hindu teachings because you know what I say all that to say we've been studying different teachings because you can't appreciate the Bible without understanding every other human being and culture that God created on this planet and they all have a revelation of, of God so you can't ignore anybody's experience and think that you're superior um and, and if you feel like what you have inside you is leading you to give a message you know you have to be humble to 
feeling the other person's vibe and their spirit and what they've gone through and appreciate that moment of uh, transparency. You feel what I'm saying? You know what? Yeah. I, I know what you're saying. And I don't know if you remember me a long time ago telling you every single, it starts off from the time you're born that you are just, you're born. This is why it's still slavery. And it's not just us. It's whoever is born in this time. Every single person is a slave to the government. And it starts off with you in the beginning. They teach you exactly what you are from the time they start growing you because while they're making you this property and they're giving you this fake debt because that's not you. Yeah. Because they taught you early in the game the proper English. Mm-hmm. And when you write your name, how do you write it? You spell. Capital, lowercase, 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 capital, lowercase. But when you get your identification card, everything's capital. You mm. get a piece of mail, almost everything's capital. Every piece, of, every piece of documentation that you get from the government is in big, bold letters. That's not even yeah. you. Yeah. That's <laughs> not even you. <laughs> they don't, they don't want you to know that. I hope so people from the like time that you're born, you have money for them. They're gaining everything from population control. Because all you are, That's even even true. from when you go to jail, they're getting some money. You know, and, and it's already their money. They're just getting some more of it for every day that a person sits. And, and that's just all that you are. So when you die, they get some more money for you. Exactly. They yeah. now place the debt of you and that person that you're not even onto someone else. Mm-hmm. Now they're responsible for it. They got to pay it. This person has to be accountable for whatever for debt. Is that, debt. Wow. <laughs> that they gave you. You understand what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. they, and, and you don't, you watch this. And all of the time that you grew up, they did this to you while they were showing you what they were doing. You just didn't see it. It started with your parents. It started when they told them you needed a certificate of birth when you didn't. It's, you don't need that. Where does it say that? It started when you asked for a driver's license and they gave you your first ticket and you agreed to pay <laughs> You know, and, and that's just, and that's what it is. So every single thing that you do is something that they're gaining from. So absolutely they are gaining from population control. They have too many people here. Now they're bringing people. I live in a place where it wasn't overpopulated. Now in my city, there's traffic. Why is it overpopulated? Because now something that they need is over here. It's not overpopulated with my people. It's overpopulated with theirs. And (laughs) why is that? In the middle of my city, they belong somewhere else. Where do they belong? Where do they belong? I want to know what creative, creative, what were you going to say? Because I wanted to know what you were going to say. I was going to say, we need to be programmed. And there, there has to be population control because it's survival of the fittest. If, if, we did, if they didn't program us and everybody was eating healthy and saving their money, the economy would crash. It would be too many people on earth. <laughs> And it would be chaos. So this is the way. Yeah, this is the way for the people who are what they say woke to rise above. And the rest of the people, they stay in that loop and control and die off and 
and just it just keeps the cycle going. However, uh, you know, I thought there was enough earth for everybody. Me there, too. I, I don't want anybody like, to die. Yeah, I think there's enough earth. What about? I, I think that that's a form of control as well. Exactly. There isn't. You're right, Craig. There isn't enough earth for everybody, but yeah. they conditioned us so bad to thinking that there isn't. But don't we need trees? We need oxygen, so we need the trees. If you cut all the trees you down, listen, listen, we're not gonna cut down all the trees. Who's cutting all the trees down? If you, we are. If you, listen, we're building things. What's killing the trees? I want to hear this. back. No, not if you build more houses and and cut all the trees down in order for everybody to live on Earth. Is that what degeneration is? Like when the trees don't have enough time to grow back. That's why they created jurisdictions and borders on specific land monuments. But who the fuck said that's really a jurisdiction? You already know. You are, that was, that was rhetorical. That was fucking rhetorical. Listen to me. Listen to me good. How far deep are we going in the ocean? Five percent. We've only tapped into. I had a conversation with a brother of mine today, and we've only gone five percent. We've only surfaced five percent of the ocean. All right, and how much more of it? Wait, and how much more of it haven't we seen? Five <laughs> percent. We need all that. Haven't we seen? We How need much that. more of this hole on top of the water haven't we seen? Because we only know what they allow us to see. No, we no. We only allow we only allow we what they know. We don't know. There's we don't know. We stopped lobbying a long time ago. When 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 Y2K hit, we got into consumerism and looking good and fucking like on a higher level. So that's where Okay, so tell me this. When shit jumps off. And they hit the panic button. Where the fuck does the president go? Nobody gives a shit. Because at no, that point, people are going to no, lose. No, 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 no. Don't say nobody gives a shit. I give a shit where that nigga goes. Whoa, shit. Go <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What if the police space force oh, is to keep niggas from coming into space when the president run out there? What if the Space Force is to keep people out of space? They, well, they already, uh, two years ago, they already announced the Space City, uh, and they've already been signing up the Fortune 500 candidates to go. And guess what? They made a movie about it. Yes, they did. And guess what? They made a movie about it. <laughs> Predicted. <laughs> so, we're talking about predictive program. We're talking about entertainment. We're, we're addressing the elites and population control and all of these different things that they're doing to make our lives pretty much miserable in a living hell. You know what I mean? So what exactly is going on? We all acknowledge that the sign of the times are evident, but like what is really, really going on? I found a great video, of course, on YouTube because that's my shite. <laughs> and we're going to talk about what you need to know about predictive program in entertainment. We're going to talk about why they are trying to program us. Outrageous kept pointing out population control, population control, and she was so spot on in terms of the elite. Creative Bully was talking about how we need to stop supporting things that aren't adding to us, period. 
And like, if we know that we're being programmed, we need to be more conscientious about what we adhere to. And that's all prevalent. And so we really need to ask, why are they trying to program us though? Why are they trying so hard? So, a call for an uprising. This is a call for an uprising. Welcome to today's show. This is a very important episode. I don't have videos, too many videos out there, specifically detailing Crowley and his teachings, but I wanted to do one and show the connection between our current culture and how Alistair Crowley has affected our current culture, how he is still used in the mainstream and his philosophies that he taught in his books and the secret societies that he was a part of are the main philosophies that the New World Order are using today, whether it's Thelma and the OTO connections or his connections to being a 33rd degree Freemason. It's important to understand this because this is really where the core of the teachings and the pedophilia rings come from. These Satanists who practice Crowley's teachings but do it in secrecy. So there's many documentaries out there. You can look at his background, his upbringing with his family and things like that. I don't want to focus on that. I want to focus on his teachings and the things that we see in today's world. So it's important to start by talking about some of the books that he had, including Sex Magic, and one of them specifically, Magic in Theory and Practice. I want to press pause for a moment because I want you to understand the context of this situation. Aleister Crowley, and why he's important to our culture, is Aleister Crowley was a Satanist. And now before we left, we were talking about Shaitan. We were talking about how understanding other cultures, respecting other cultures, and understanding their interpretations of the dark force, the, the negative, the, the satanic energy that's happening on this planet, right? That's the, the driving factor force behind population control, the driving factor force behind entertainment and programming people for destruction, desensitizing them to program them for destruction. Aleister Crowley considered himself to be Satan manifest, the beast in flesh, and deemed wow. himself to be so. And so understanding Aleister Crowley and what he stood for, we have to understand that our culture is very much manifesting into this. Sex trafficking, child pornography, child sex trafficking, which is horrifying. Like all these things really exist and it's all a part of their program. And this guy, Alistair Crowley, was one of their programmers. And one of them specifically, magic in theory and practice. The reason that there's a K on the end of magic is because of Crowley. He added the K after it so that people would refer that it was indeed referencing black magic. But he goes on in chapter seven of his book, Magic and Theory and Practice, to talk about blood sacrifice and why it is so important to black magic. Now, I don't want to read the specific part of the ritual, because obviously I don't condone that. But I will just give you the parts pertaining to pedophilia and sacrifice of humans, especially young children. He talks about the animal and animal sacrifice, saying the animal should therefore be killed within the circle or the triangle. We all are aware of this. That's why I constantly am talking about the ritual circle. We see at these award shows, they perform their rituals inside of the circle, even though people don't realize a ritual is being done. It's always inside of a circle or a triangle. He goes on to say, so that the energy cannot escape is the reason that they do these rituals inside the circles. An animal should be selected whose nature accords with that of the ceremony. Thus, by sacrificing a female lamb, one would not obtain any appreciate quantity of the fierce energy useful to a, magi a magician who was invoking Mars. In such a case, a ram would be more suitable, and this ram should be virgin. The whole poten potential of its 
original total energy should not have been diminished in any way. So he's talking about animal sacrifice, the different animals, why they use them for different sacrifice rituals. Now this is the part that everybody needs to know and needs to hear. It says, for the highest spiritual working, one must accordingly choose that victim which contains the greatest and purest force. A male child of perfect innocence and high intelligence is the most satisfactory and suitable victim. Let's take it from there. Population control. No regard for families, children, anything. Abortion, a part of population control. Another part of the program. How do y'all feel about what you're hearing? Oh, oh well, um, I, I would separate population control and abortion because I believe the intentions are different. It's all part of population control. Though. However, one adds to rituals. Isn't population control and abortion, isn't abortion they a ritual both in and of itself? rituals, actually, but separate rituals. It's different factions. When you really dissect it, it's like we just, like, listen to a segment speaking about Alistair Crowley and, yes. and child Giving. sacrificing. So we know that abortion clinics have been busted on using human parts uh for certain rituals because the sex force magic that they also spoke about uh is what's reproducing this mass production of infant fatality hmm. that's just one side and then you have the other side where population control is no nobody's safe because at the end of the day like uh creative was saying survival of the fittest yeah get them up out of here man <laughs> you know what I mean? So so that that's like two different things to really understand. So if it's survival of the fittest, why do they work so hard to keep us distracted and they put this veil over our eyes that we can have this dream life? Is that the is that well, the hunger game, the ticket? No, the hunger game is the actual system. The hunger game is a systematic preference of behind the curtains. Yeah. The people who are behind the veil still catching up in this information age they actually are the ones who are the victims at this point of course but it's it's like why i believe it's because much like survival of the fittest there there's a there's a species that is more fit than most but psychologically i believe they've been taken over what do you mean when you say there's a species that's when we speak Homo erectus, Homo sapien, I believe uh, mongoloid is another species of human human beings. Yeah, but we're the higher. Who? You have to really state who's the higher. The who really human receives. being. But certain human beings, depending on their pigment, relay more of the creation essence at its purest. I'll let you have that one. <laughs> 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 Wait a minute. Wait. <laughs> Which beings are more suited to survive in this atmosphere naturally? I think naturally. And remember, we're in unnatural times. So it's like, is it really watching TV to be informed and get your information, or is it relying on your creative essence and your creator to give Where? you discernment every step of the mm. way? Oh, I believe we're all artists, we're all philosophers, we're all mathematicians, we're all scientists. There's just different tribes and different ways of, of correlating based upon atmospheric regions. And we've all been united <laughs> for one world.
and we're in that time right now. Because there's a new world order. That's why they're predictively programming us. They're programming us because there's a new world order. They're causing chaos. They're taking old values. They're tearing them down. They're causing people to question their inner beings, their belief systems. And, and, and that's what predictive programming is all about. It's reprogramming people according to their natural inclination of what is right and what is wrong. Disrupting and the so, frequencies. Exactly, disrupting the frequencies. And, and then you have people who tune into entertainment because sometimes you just want to fucking forget and not be conscious. Do y'all ever feel that way where you're like, damn it, I hate that I can see everything that's hidden in plain sight and I can call out the bullshit real fast, but sometimes can't entertainment just be entertainment? Does anyone ever feel that way? Yeah. Entertainment was entertainment at a point, but I believe was it, it was. Ever? No, I believe it was in a specific region. I would call entertainment truly, I would call it theater. Okay. And that's going into British colony and, and yeah. So when I think theater, those those actors at the time, because it was male oriented, would dress like women and do all the things that we see modernized in today's visuals. Because women weren't allowed to do certain things, so men were acting out these feminine roles. But why? Why weren't women allowed? Yeah. Women weren't allowed because society didn't value them to value them in to be that region the stronger rate the strong not strong race they didn't value them to be the stronger being physically because a lot of in that time women were required to i mean men were required to kind of build physically build society let me ask you let me ask you not to cut you off but in african culture uh -huh. did the men dress up like women or did they allow their women to act out their roles no i don't i don't i don't recall seeing any african um, theater women we weren't, we weren't televised, we weren't <laughs> televised, but really, <laughs> really think about this, all we really see is <laughs> the European region going through this literature, romantic moment in time, 18th century, you know, where it's like, okay, what, what's really going on? Because they had a certain way of how they treated their women. I haven't seen, I, in all the movies I have seen, for what they've given the production world, the film world, they've given us slavery. However, through slavery, you saw that women were to the colony and it never was a dissociation or a negative aspect of women being entertaining because African culture, I believe they loved women entertain them. It was a part of their festivities. Women would dance to the drum beats and the percussions. It wasn't a, oh, you can't be this, <laughs> and this domineering. So what is it between certain cultures? It was that in that sense, but that was a womanly thing. That was a thing for women. The most artistic thing. piece of creation, though. Exactly, <laughs> an appreciation for a woman. Why is it that? For, for women, but how could you? I've, I felt like you were just going more into, it wasn't a, more of a woman weren't allowed to do this or that, or only men do this type of thing. That's what I thought you were going with that, and yeah. that really worked. Yeah, yeah. In the European because, culture, Because right? think about it, when European culture, early American. conversations on me real quick, so I was trying to touch what you started with. 
Yeah, yeah. Pre, pre-America. Pre-America, yes. the women were still of that same regional uh, uh, characteristic where the woman was the stay-home wife and, you know, the man went out to work and could afford these things. Yeah, but these same European people were slave owners. Yeah. So That's what I'm African saying, people. too. Yeah, so, but these same African dancing women didn't do that on the plantation. Oh, actually, they, they did. They the were plant- trained. When they didn't know, because when they did it on the plantation, it was then called shouting. That part. It became something totally different. You understand what I'm saying? So yeah. then dance wasn't, dance wasn't just for what they were doing it for to the beat of the drums. Then it was yeah. for... Then it, it was, was for an minutes. escort service. It was for a brothel. It was for all those moments that other slave masters needed entertainment to get away from their household and wives, their mistresses. I agree with you, for sure. I, I read this book called Sex with Kings, and it spoke about uh, like uh, King Louis the Thirteenth and all these other kings throughout, I believe, 16th, 14th century, all that stuff. And it spoke about how kings in that faction ruled and they would have their queen and they would also have, if their queen could not produce, they would have a line. Like think of American Idol, a line of women lined up to have a baby with the king. And then... But then think about what those children would be. Remember that those children were all classified as bastards. Yes, and this is true, and that still happens today. There's a large number, I believe, in uh, certain regions of Asia where women are more dominantly produced, and therefore they have more shelters for women than they do men. Muslims, three, four, five wives, all in the same house. Yep. Americans in Utah. Everybody's happy. And this is art. And this is art. This is art. That sounds like a potential strategy as well, to a point. Because at the end of the day, art is. So when you're in the moment, that's when art exists. And then when you look at a picture that was depicted and, and drawn, then you look at a past representation of what art was. Okay, so is evolution. Okay, is that art the same for the Muslim as it is for the Amish? Because they have the same honor wives. I'm out of this question. In the Mormons, <laughs> too. The Mormons have wives. Different too. cultures, different regions, different rules, and now different religions. Now religion with politics. So is this all... But, but so we're calling this... We're calling this art? This still is art. It still is art because at the end of the day, we're in the internet age where everyone has their own. That shit is art. That's just my personal opinion. And that's okay. Outrageous (laughs) says that is bullshit. Look, all right, all right. Look, my dad once. Look, my dad, he was like, man, sometimes I think it's weird because. Some people would look at a rock as art, but I would look at that shit like it's a rock. (laughs) Right. That saying is the same thing you're saying is that at the end of the day, I, I believe it's all subjective. And that's what we're going into is because everyone is finding their own new identity slash memoji slash intersectionality. This is America. This is America, and he, 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 
is going through some things that I hope clears up because we do not know the born on date between both records. If the gentleman saying uh, they they wrote it first or whatever, or they it was plagiarized, they still have to go through a process of having the born on date. That's for all musicians and people creating work. Make sure you have your born on date because that is still an official copyright. So that it said whoever made it first is who created that. You know, and we know, we know, because in the segment of, of uh, This Is America that we spoke upon, we also uh, played other renditions and parodies and spoofs. So we know the song was, was circulating and being remade. Mm-hmm. We just have to really wait for the, the trial to come to a judgment. I say this, people. Predictive programming, art, life, imitating art, entertainment, be more conscientious of what you're allowing yourself to see and receive because unfortunately we live in a world where we're inundated with messages and not every message is intended to edify us or help us become better people. So just be more conscientious, question everything, do the research, and then come to your own conclusion. You know what we do, we roll up, we pour a glass, we converse, and thank you every week for just joining us. You know what I mean? You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on every other major platform. We're on about seven of them. So visit CannabisAndChardonnay.com. Learn about everything. And before we go, I have to thank all of my hosts for joining me in the conversation. My friends, stylists, tell oh. people how they can keep in touch with you. Yo, just, just find me at two stylists t-o-s-t-y-l-i-s i'm an avid twitter person so twitter is where it's at twitter is where it's at creative bully let the people know how they can keep in touch with you creative bully on instagram creative bully media instagram creative bully dot media website yay outrageous how can people keep in touch with you love OutrageousThoughtsAndQuestions.com or on Facebook at Dorothy Wadley slash Petty Politics Outrageous Thoughts and Questions. Yes, yes. And our wonderful guest, Craig, how can the people keep in touch with you, sir? I am found on Instagram at Chuck N. Spears and I'm found on Twitter at Chuck Nathaniel, just like it sounds. Yes. And then this your girl, Sin. She is New Day. Why? Because we all have a new day and our sins hey. become better people <laughs> if you learn from your mistakes. And so we thank you for joining us. Continue to tune in every Wednesday. We have a new podcast for you. We're trying to get live soon enough. Um, just trying to get something pretty for you guys, honestly. So when we lock that down, you can definitely join us then. And Silas always has a way of ending hey. the show. So we're going to end this one with Don't Believe the Hype by our people, Public Enemy. DJOS. Yes. <laughs> I want to give a special uh-huh. shout out and an RIP to James Brown and the JBs. Because without that Pass the Peas album, Soul Food from J- the JBs, we would not have Don't Believe the Hype. Don't, 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 don't. Come on, baby. Get it. Ready? Don't, 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 don't
thing. It's a new thing. Check out this place. I'm on for over lower level because I'm living low. Next to the base. Turn up the radio. They're claiming I'm a criminal. But now what the hell? The people never know. The enemy to be the great guardian. I'm not a hooligan. I want the party and split off the madness. I'm not a racist freak to teach the office. Cause nothing ever happens. Number one, don't wanna run about the gun. I want the license to have one. The minute they see me, fear me. I'm the epitome of public enemy. Use the few without tools. I refuse the full fuse. They even had it on the news. Don't believe the hype. Don't, don't, don't believe the hype. Don't, don't, don't believe the hype. Yeah, boy. Yes. We'll see y'all next week, guys. Peace, peace, peace. Tune into us. Don't believe the hype. Don't. God bless. <laughs>